I'm Sarah Resnick. And I'm LaShawn Moore. And we are the hosts of the Weave Podcast, a project of the weaving yarn shop, Just Yarn and Fiber. This week on the podcast, I'm excited to be talking to the team at Muetzart Yarn. Muetzart is a small business in Northeast India that focuses on making and selling hand-spun, naturally dyed airy silk to weavers, knitters, crocheters, and other fiber artists. I first found out about them a year ago when they mailed a sample card to our studio, and I was absolutely captivated by the rich and vibrant colors they create from plants. Over several Zoom calls with their team over the past year, I learned much more about their processes and the ways they work with their communities, and I've really been looking forward to sharing their stories with our podcast audience for many months. One thing to note, this episode was recorded a few months ago, before COVID-19 had hit India. We waited to air it at their request because of the lockdown in India so that they could be ready to ship yarn to interested listeners. They now are able to ship again, and they're a wonderful group of people making beautiful yarn which ships worldwide. So if the episode sparks your interest, definitely go check out their website and support their shop. And without further ado, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Can you each start out by introducing yourselves and also sharing a bit about your company, Muetzart? Okay. Well, first, we we actually call it Muetzart. Okay. But you know what? <laughs> I think a lot of people call it Muetzart, something like that. Anyway, Muetzart. I'm Joanna, and I um, play a role of marketing and writing. Hi, I'm Krav, and I'm playing a role of uh, supply chain and the relationship with the weavers, with the spinners, and the cool weathers, and even also the dyers in the rural villages, and also looking after the logistics also. Uh, Hi, Sarah. My name is uh, Larry, and I look after the website and uh, Amazon uh, and order fulfillment. Hi, Sarah. I am Peter, and um, my role over here is producing videos and also pictures, images, and also content, and visual visual content. Hi, Sarah. My name is Kevin, and I'm leading this uh, diverse bunch. Uh, we are diverse, but not uh, not the rowdy bunch. And apart from that, well, there are many things that I put my nose into. So a little bit of marketing, a little bit of supply chains. So basically, I'm all over the place, keeping things together. Hello, Sarah. This is Miranda. And uh, I look after social media and uh, experiment with uh, natural dyeing in-house. So, yeah, that's me. And that's it. That's wonderful. And can you all share a little bit about what Muzart is and how it came to be? Well, um, Muzart right now is a yarn and fiber company. And we specialize in airy silk from Megalaya. And, but how Musart came to be, uh, I'd have to say, well, I'm actually an American. So everybody else here is local and meaning from Megalaya and they're Kasi from the tribe, which is Kasi. And why did we decide to start Musart? I have to go back to, we came to this state because we believe that a business can solve problems. And one of the problems in this state is um, was high unemployment. So we had a business in South India and we came to this state particularly 
because we saw an opportunity to make a purposeful business that could solve the problem of unemployment among a people that is extremely talented, um, talented artistically, musically, and they also spoke English because we don't speak the local language. And from that business that started in 2005, um, other businesses have been birthed and all with the same vision. So MuseArt's like the latest avatar of a startup out of um, our parent company, which is Chili Breeze. And that's kind of the story. But I think I'll let Miranda talk more specifically how MuseArt was started. So uh, MuseArt started uh, from uh, exploration trips. So we uh, had this trip uh, last year uh, to some of the villages in uh, Meghalaya. And I'm a part of that group. So we stumbled upon this village in uh, Jaintia Hills, which is a small district in Meghalaya. And we got to know that uh, people over there are weaving with cotton. And through that, we asked them a lot of questions and like basically we asked them questions like, you know, what, what else, um, do they weave with? So they told us that, uh, they weave cotton, but then, uh, uh, they, but then, um, there's some part in Meghalaya that is Riboy district that, uh, they weave with silk. So then, um, uh, then Krau, who's, uh, uh, who is, uh, who's my colleague, he, <coughs> uh, get connected with some of the local people in, uh, in a district and then he, we uh, went to that village and then found out that Irisil is um, a part and culture of uh, traditions uh, but, but then uh, of a different tribe but then even in Jaintia Hills uh, we use Irisil as uh, one of our traditional attire and um, that's how Muzad is born um, yeah yeah and what is airy silk can you explain what that is Irisil is a fiber that, uh, that, um, I forgot the scientific name of it. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> um, is it, is it different uh, from other kinds of, yeah, of silk? Yeah. Like, what is it that makes it different? Well, actually, Aries silk is, uh, one of the few silks uh, in the world that's, uh, you know, produced on, on, I would say produced, uh, so we have mulberry silk, which is actually commercialized. And this is, you know, since ancient times, since the Chinese invented silk. And mulberry is actually a filament silk. So there's a long filament that comes out from the cocoons. And then we have two other silks. These are called wild silks, along with airy silk, which is a third silk. These are wild silks. So they are uh, tassar and muga silks. And these as well are have filaments. Uh, airy silk, on the other hand, is not a filament silk. It's actually made of uh, short fibers. And uh, so the thing special about airy silk is that it's it's a fibrous silk. We it cannot be reeled. We actually have to spin uh, to make yarn. And uh, the, the the exclusive uh, properties I would say for for airy silk is uh, you know the thermal properties. Uh, it, 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 it's not there on the other silks. So the thermal properties of warm uh, in winters and cool in summers. So that that's something that is only there in, uh, you know in airy silk. And, hmm. um, yeah, so that's the basic, um, you know, differentiation between the other silks, but there are more details that we can go into with regards to the fiber structure and, uh, you know, how each worm or each uh, caterpillar and the moths are different and how the life cycles are. So each and everything is different. Actually, in the world, there's around, you know, a thousand or over 5,000 different silks, but only these four actually can be used. 
Why? Because they are more, uh, they can, we can get out of more from the cocoons. So they are silks from other uh, insects and, and spiders as well, but you know, that's so small that uh, it cannot be used. But yeah, we have four silks that can be used. And that's wonderful. Uh, I also want to add up like the ancestors in our state, like long, long time back, we don't have the, uh, the right story how they found out about any silk, but like these uh, people now, the generation, the generation now are also rearing Arisil nearby the house. It's very interesting. Like they do everything like in their own village. Like they plant the cast the cast the leaf nearby the house for the food of the early worms, and they are rearing the Arisil worms in their own house or in the shed nearby their house. So they are feeding with the cast the leaf that that uh, that that is planted nearby the house. And then after that, they get the cocoon. Then they process the cocoon in their own house. Then they dry the cocoon. They pound the cocoon. And after that, they spin the cocoon also in their own, or their own house. And we get the yarn that is called as the handspun yarn. And after that, with that yarn, they use it for weaving. So it's very interesting, you know, like they are doing it in the own house, in the in their own village, everything in their own village. So it's very interesting. And this makes us, you know, makes us uh, to start this company, like the Musart company. Yes, it's. Uh, I think that's one of the most fascinating uh, things about airy silk, not just the the structure of it that Kevin was talking about, but Crow describing the whole ecosystem and that circular economy of how the fiber is um, grown and and produced. Like right in one household can do this, mm. and um, it's so sustainable. It's such a sustainable silk. Um, it's also known as a peace silk um, because the other cocoons, um, the the uh, moth, if it wants to, it can actually eat its way through and breaking that filament on the other cocoons. But with airy silk, it that caterpillar spins it in such a way that it has an open end, so the moth can emerge out of the cocoon um, peacefully. But um, and so that's why it's called peace silk or a nonviolent silk. But the other reality is that we live in a in a village ecosystem where the worm is also a protein fiber. I mean protein well it's a protein fiber, but the worm is full of protein. And um, mm-hmm. so the tribal people can get two um, revenues. They can sell the worm after it produces its cocoon and for consumption and they can also sell the cocoon. So it's a very good, um, you know, there's so many households that depend on this cocoon for their um, supplemental income. And and they're also farmers, too. So we have, we meet women, Crowd works with women who are weavers, spinners, uh, silkworm rearers, and farmers. I mean, they're amazing. That is amazing. And so your company, you work with these spinners and, and dyers to make yarn that you're then making available to stores and to knitters and weavers all over the world. How did you decide that you wanted to work with your communities to make this yarn for export? Like uh, when we first when we first met these weavers, like in these villages, like it made uh, it made us excited to work with these people. So we we interacted with these people, and 
before spinning these uh, these different kind of yarn like the worsted yarn, the DK yarn, or the fingering yarn, they spin only the lace yarn. That is a thin yarn. So these people, these spinners in these villages, you know, they spin only these these thin yarn. They are not. Uh, they they don't know how to spin the thick yarn. So we talk with them and we interacted with them, like we giving them ideas and sharing what customers want and uh, where are these yarns going. It's not like only in in our state, like. No, we are we are we are selling it to the other parts of the world, like to the uh, the other countries. So that's how that's how we work with them, and it's also very exci- ex- exciting working with them because we are also learning from them. Yeah, and mm-hmm. to add to what Krava said, we uh, actually uh, when we found out about Airy Silk and you know the opportunities, actually Airy Silk has been with us a long time, and it's been so close that we have actually not noticed it. You know, so every household actually has some piece of either whether it's a shawl or a scarf, uh, something that has it, uh, which is, uh, you know, airy silk. And um, the, the ground or truth reality is uh, weavers normally spend, uh, they work hard basically to produce a shawl and everything is handmade, right? From, you know, rearing to uh, producing the yarn to, to weaving. And uh, the truth is uh, the, the, the dispense around 30 days, 35, depending again, 45 days. On, on the type of uh, you know shawl that they're making or apparel that they're making, and they don't find a market or they don't have buyers buying uh, it readily. Um, and the the thing is that it's only sold locally in the state. So you know a shawl, a made shawl, normally sits in the cupboard or, or on this uh, in the closet for for months, like three four months on end without you know being sold. So we saw an opportunity where if we can uh, you know provide a market where these shawls could be sold. Uh, internationally or even nationally uh, out of this region it would uh, actually improve their livelihood and increase their income where they are producing more uh, instead of just producing two three pieces uh, in a year so we as a company also have actually pivoted uh, our focus areas Uh, we started doing that by buying their shawls Uh, then we actually identified that you know shawls is is not a way to go and we pivoted to yarn and uh, again, so like how Kravas, uh, when he mentioned that they were spinning a very thin lace yarn uh, for their weaving purposes. So yarn was something that we pivoted to. Uh, we actually introduced spinning new weights of yarn. And again, so we're taking the airy silk out of uh, the region, out of the country, providing markets. And then apart from the yarn, we said, OK, we also have the fiber, which is the raw uh, cocoon or the processed cocoon cakes that people can spin from. So that is again an added uh, income that you know they can they can take advantage of, and so this is how we are looking at uh, you know promoting uh, the silk, and uh, so that you know the people in the villages have uh, not just su- supplemental income but more income to to their hard work and to what they're doing. And you know the other thing because now Miranda talked about our exploratory trips. Well, we've gone on many because we keep going and meeting i mean there's so many villages and so and now we're into um crow is into uh, our muse art is into having an impact goal where we're introducing silkworm rearing into remote areas where they're they're not raising silkworms um to create jobs and opportunity um but why why are we doing all this our eyes have been open to um that that next generation, like it's still. I mean, we're we're right at the point where the women that we're working with, they're. Um, I mean, some of them are younger than they're Miranda's age. You know, they might be twenty five, and 
they're spinning, they're weaving, they grow up learning how to do this. But the next generation, it's just not going to be there. I mean, things are changing so fast um, in the villages. And we really see if there's if there's a way to keep this um, alive, especially the slow made, that whole process that crowd described earlier, um, it, it could um, cause young the younger generation to get into designing. And I mean, we don't know where this would lead, but we do see it at the heart of the culture here. And we want to keep going and exploring what might come from it. Absolutely. So there's a lot of people who are listening to this podcast who really love yarn, as you might imagine. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if you can describe a little more about what it is that makes your yarn so wonderful and what people who are weavers might consider using it for and how they could get it from you. We also have a, a, a partner, a mill partner that's located in another state. So we have, um, for weavers, we have a very fine spun yarn that's super strong um, and beautiful. And we have that in different weights on our website for weavers. Um, and, and maybe some of those weights could be for crocheters. But mm -hmm. mostly for weavers and embroidery, people with who in, embroidery? Embroider. Embroider. And um, and then the other yarns, oh, and then in the villages, the hand-spun yarn is slubby and has a lot of character, and it's also super strong. And because our own, uh, I mean, the local weavers are using the hand-spun yarn in both the warp and the weft, so it's it's super strong. Uh, they and, and the enduring quality of airy silk yarn, even the hand spun yarn, we have seen, Miranda and I have seen, um, you know, wraparounds and shawls from great grandmothers, you know, stored in humidity and dust and that are just beautiful, natural dye sticking wow. to it for all these mm. um, years. So, and we also produce a slubby yarn that's mill spun to give that same character and look. And we, we will link um, to your website in the show notes of this podcast so people can figure out how to buy from you directly. So let's let's go back to the yarn for a little bit. So you do exclusively natural dyeing, and I've seen your colors firsthand. You send us some samples of the yarn, and they're really absolutely stunning. They're really deeply saturated colors. Um, they're, they're not pale and um, lots of different shades. And I'm wondering if you could share about the process and materials um, for dying. Uh, so these people in these villages, you know, that they admit that they are very lucky. Like these uh, women in these villages admit that they are very lucky. Apart from having their ancestors starting to like, you know, knowing how to weave, like how to wear silk, they are also so lucky because like they have these natural ingredients for for dyeing. They have these natural ingredients like the plants, like the bark of a tree, you know, something like that, like the. Like the, we used to call it the local names, Slasotong, Slasoku, Dingrunong, uh, then like that, that other kinds of, the, that other kinds of ingredients they do have in the village. And, uh, at first they knew only to dye only three, uh, three, three colors. That is the yellow color, then the red color, and then the green color. But these people, these women in these villages, like, you know, uh, uh, uh they, the, they have that hunger to, to learn more and more colors. So now they know more than, like, Kongtumong, like, our partner, she knows more than 32 colors. And she's a, she's an amazing person and she dyes it naturally, like with these ingredients that they, that, that is being produced by the nature. And also like the materials also, they, they, they use the household material, the household materials like the, 
like the own what like the own pot then the then the fire then the water then these ingredients like they use for for dyeing so 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 these colors are very beautiful and it's not only Kongtumum who knows natural dyeing but there are also someone who know, there are also many people who knows natural dyeing but the one who who we are working is Kongtumum and she's a hard working person and she she also has a team who's uh, who's who's dyeing a yarn and they always they always die like spending most of the time I'll say like uh, spending most of her life in dyeing these yarns like to get more and more colors, like spending most of her time to learn how to dye more and more colors. What's the process hmm. like, Miranda? Like, so, uh, getting in, getting these ingredients, they, uh, like there's a nearby forest near the house because it's in a village. So they would go and, uh, collect the dye ingredient, ingredients from the forest. And, uh, right now, like, uh, Kongtumung, Kongtumung, a partner, she grows her own, uh, plants for dyeing. So, um, there are like different ingredients for different colors, uh, and, um, uh, the most, uh, like the most amazing thing is that she used, uh, like for modern, uh, we've seen that a lot of people are using alum as a modern for, you know, for different colors, but then, uh, with Kong Tumung, she uses the plant, like there are like three, uh, types of plant that she uses as modern for, to produce different colors. So, um, uh, should I tell you the name of those uh, plants because they're like all in sure. uh, local, yeah. uh, we don't know the scientific name, uh, they're all uh, in local names. So we have the mm. Sla Sotung uh, as the modern for uh, grey and black colour and uh, the Deng Rong for yellow and pink and uh, what all colour? Um, for the green and uh, there's uh, another type of plant uh, so yeah there's another type of plant that's uh, called soku that we can use for lac for producing the pink and maroon color mm. and uh, for orange we use the aneto i think most of the people know uh, the aneto seeds that we use for uh, orange color to be, to produce orange color and we we have a free download on um our website our instagram that if you want to see the list of ingredients and we're building that up. Um, yeah, we've added that to uh, our Linktree account so people can go and uh, download the PDF if they want to have a look at uh, ingredients on uh, Instagram. That's um, great. I'll, I'll include that on a link in the show notes too so people and, can go uh, directly. The process to also is, uh, is, uh, is a long process where before dying, they'll take the, the modern and, you know, they'll take the modern and boil it for for one night and then they'll soak the and yeah, then they some fibers for like uh, they'll soak they'll soak it uh, they'll soak them overnight like the yarns and fibers and then the next day uh, she'll uh, strain that out and then you know dye it and again leave it overnight so it's a long and uh, very slow process for natural dyeing and she also has uh, like yeah. she's not dying only one time but like after dyeing one time then she dries the yarn and if she sees that the yarn is not that like the color is not the same or the color, what I say, like, if the colors are not, not It's light, so yeah. she'll re-dye it again. Yeah, she has to re-dye it again and then dry it. So, like, she, she, she has to do it mostly, like, two times. Yeah. And the other thing, we're getting into new, we're always introducing our partners into new, new things that are new to us too. So, we just 
started last week, right, Proud? Dying yes. cocoon cakes. That means hand-processed cocoons because we have been selling cocoon cakes to spinners. And if if there's any spinners in your um, listening audience, mm-hmm. uh, we're getting a lot of good feedback. Um, it's just such an mm-hmm. interesting way to spin right from the flattened cocoon. And now we're going to be having colors and and so it's, I mean, it's new for us, it's new for them, and, and you know, crowds on the phone all the time, and they're saying, why are we doing this, what do we need to yeah. do, and, you know, because it's like, why do you want to do this, you know, why don't you just dye it afterward, and um, so they're trying new things, and then another thing that just happened Monday is we, um, we blended airy silk tops, which is the you know, the long fiber, the long fiber of the cocoon with merino wool and a a high quality merino wool. And we have a new fiber for spinners and we call it arino tops and we're going to dye it. We're going to dye it. We're going to send it to the village and, and it's going to come back in roving colors and we don't know what's going to happen, but Mm -hmm. that might be of interest to weavers and spinners. So the thing with cocoon cakes is uh, like we got a lot of uh, like amazing feedback from uh, our customer who bought our cocoon cakes because like, you know, when like while spinning, they can easily draft it first and then they can control the speed while I mean the twist while spinning. So it's like very easy to spin. And uh, I think we have like I'll be sharing a video on like, you know, how to fluff a cocoon because there are lots of uh, like maybe beginners who like who will start spinning like who doesn't spin with uh directly from the cocoons uh unlike the other silk hankies so it's a little bit different from the silk hankies because the silk hankies is already stretched not like a cocoon which is like raw and um it's just yeah flat flat and raw flat and so you so when you spin from the cocoon you get that full you get that full blend of short and long fibers because nothing it, it's it's processed by hand but um, that means it's just been degummed and um, and sun dried and flattened. Hmm. Wow. It's really neat to hear about how all of this is developing with your business. I can hear just such a deep joy and curiosity and excitement of exploring new things um how how long have you been working on this and and how are you finding um customers overseas or in your own country um how how is all that going from a business side well it's uh it's picking up uh the thing is that we have uh, made a few pivots like in the beginning we were mostly focused on apparel uh what the women were actually weaving in the villages then we pivoted to yarn and we've included fiber now and, you know, cocoons uh, is the, our latest uh, introduction, I mean, latest edition. So business-wise, we have, I mean, we're using uh, our website. Uh, we are also promoting uh, through social media. Uh, we're trying to get the word out there as much as possible. And uh, so there are a few things that, I mean, it's it's going to take long and it's a, it's a long, uh, uh, you know, address p- process. The thing is that a lot of people don't know about Airy Silk, uh, even in the in, in our own country. You know, as soon as it moves out of the region, uh, Airy Silk is something that's re- very little known. And so, you know, we can always expect that, you know, even in the West that 
people don't know about eri silk so uh uh we are actually cut out with uh, with our task where we actually want to educate and introduce eri silk uh and we want you know people to try out more uh you know getting this fiber and this yarn uh, in, into their into their work uh so something that's unknown uh, we have received you know people are a little skeptical what's this how is you know how is it different and how do i use it so we are also learning at the same time where you know we we're getting feedback we are getting um insights and 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 some instructions so uh we have to make a few tweaks here and there with with our messaging and how we actually uh, want to showcase uh, the silk so we are still learning it's still new for us and so hopefully yeah, we are we are going to get there but it is a, it is a long it is a long and hard uh hard journey i uh, i i think we yeah. we sold our first uh skein of yarn in june 2019 and we were so excited and i think we met you like the next month and i guess you found us on instagram or a website i found you because you mailed me oh, oh, yes, you showed we up did in my mailbox do that. Yes, and, and <laughs> that was great. So, well, we yeah, we we do have samples that people can order from our website, and I think the other thing it, it is a slow road, Sarah. I don't know what your road was like. I'd like to maybe you could just share with us. But thankfully, like I started, we have a company who believes in. Um, building businesses that can have an impact and transform lives. And so our funding is from them. We are selling yarn. We are selling fiber. We have sold shawls. So we're very encouraged and we're getting excellent feedback. It's just slow. And um, so thanks for letting us be on this podcast. Of course. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've really loved talking to you, all of you over the last few months and um, hearing your story is great and seeing your yarn in person is also so exciting. And I think that I'm, I hope that a lot of people listening to this are going to check out your website and, and try it out and incorporate your yarns into their weaving because there's something just so special about getting to weave with something that is hand, you know, using materials that somebody else very carefully spun and dyed by hand, you know, there's just like a whole different kind of soul that I think ends up and in the pieces that, that people make. And I hear a lot from weavers that they are, are looking for, um, new and beautiful materials to use. So I encourage people out there to check you out. Can you say what your website is and your social media and how people can find out about you? So on Instagram, our username is musart underscore yarn. So it's uh, musart underscore yarn. And then on, on Facebook, you can find us. That is musart yarn. And then our website is um, musart.com. M-U-E-Z-A-R-T. So muse stands for music and uh, art stands for art. Yes. It's like artisans, artisans. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we usually close our podcasts with um, people sharing closing advice or words of wisdom for weavers out there. And I'm wondering if some of you want to share some advice you have for weavers that are listening. We have people in 30 countries listening to this podcast, so all over the world. That's so great, Sarah, because I've never, I've never on featured on a podcast before, so <laughs> I feel nervous giving, giving <laughs> advices for 30, I mean, like people 
around 30 countries. <laughs> and then, so I would, I would just share a little bit about Airy Silk, that why is it so special for us and why is it, why do we want to share this special silk to other, to other countries and to other people? So actually Airy Silk is special because it is naturally processed. It's holistic, I would say, because the whole ecosystem of producing Airy Silk fibers is happening right here in, in the villages of Meghalaya in the northeast India. And actually Airy Silk is, is the only, I would say the, the only silk, like so far that I've seen is the only silk that we can spun directly from the cocoon as, as wool. It has a look of a cotton and it, it has a warmth of wool. And it's very special because, um, even the texture of airy silk. So I don't have any big advices for all the weavers out there, but I would say that the standard weight of, of yarn for weaving is the lace weight yarn that we have. So you can check out on our website. We have the hand spun lace airy silk yarn. And when you weave with, uh, with airy silk, actually it has a very slubby and rustic kind of look. And, and it's very nice. Um, you, you can take that on a website for examples, or maybe you can try it out. And then the, the yarn, the Arisip yarn actually is very strong for weaving. And my last advice would be like, you should always try something new. Like Arisip is, is like a new fiber for, for most people out there. It's, it's not new for us. Maybe for me, um, a year ago before I joined Musart, I, I do not know what, what is Arisip, what, what, I mean, I, I've seen Airy Silk. It's called Rindia in, in our local language. It's called Rindia. So I've heard about it and I've seen people. And I, I also have a Rindia, a, a Rindia that we used to wear on occasions, on big, very big occasions. So it's also worn by, um, like high status people. So it's like, it's like a very lux luxurious fiber, very luxurious, um, uh, a fiber that people would wear on, on big occasions. So it's like a new fiber for, for people out there because it's very little known to the other parts of the world. So we also have like beautiful hand spun yarns like the DK and the fingering weight, the lace and other mill spun yarn like we have already mentioned before, uh, earlier in this podcast. And we are, we are like so pumped up for, for this new fiber that we just released, that we just launched. That is the Arino tops, the Arino tops fiber. And we just released that and we, we had a sale actually, we had a sale and we are so excited for this because I know that people out there will love it. I know people, there's so many pe people out there who, are, who love, who loves Merino wool. And I know, and I, and I'm sure and I'm very sure and I'm very optimistic that people are loving Airy Silk Fiber too. I really appreciate all of you coming on the podcast today to share your story um, and your company. And yeah, just thank you. I'm so glad that we are in touch across this whole big world. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Thank yeah. you for having us. Thank you. This was fun. It wasn't that scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap. To see photos of the Muwaitsar team and their yarn and fiber, and to find links to their website, visit our show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 111. That's G-I-S-T-Y-A-R-N dot com slash episode 111. 
I do hope that if this episode sparked your interest, you send an order their way and try out their yarn. You will not be disappointed. Next week on the podcast, Lashan is speaking with Wouter Fries and Dorote Swinkels of Textile Plus magazine. Textile Plus is a Dutch magazine and website that's published every three months showcasing works of textile artists around the globe. In their conversation, they talk about their recently published weaving-focused issue, their online exhibition that focuses on art in the times of the coronavirus, and a brief history of weaving in their region. You won't want to miss that episode, so tune in next week. And until next time, happy weaving!